0: You are listening to UnitedInstitute.org podcast, where we feature successful professionals and scholars. Welcome to UnitedInstitute.org world podcast. My name is Sadir Farjo, and I'm here with Jeffrey Nutt. Jeffrey Nutt is a former Fulbright Scholar and a State Champ of Justice awardee. And we are going to discuss his his new article, To Make America Greater make Michigan great again Jeffrey how are you just fabulous just awesome Jeffrey I was reading your 10.10 year plan and this is to make America greater and we do that by making Michigan great again can you explain a little about this plan absolutely well a couple of
1: years ago We authored an op-ed piece, yours truly did, and submitted it to thedetroitnews.com. It was promptly published in September of 2014, and they labeled it, How to Make Over Detroit. There were three basic points that we put forward in that effort. One was to host great sports games, such as the Pan Am Games and or great games in other fabulous sports that we are well known for here in the major league sports and uh, upcoming uh, amateur sports that are increasingly popular. Uh, We even noted how Detroit had been perhaps the most uh, common host city candidate bid city to bid to host the Olympic Games in the past uh, 100 years in the United States of America, having bid actually uh, more than six times.
0: Um, And I heard one time we got very close to winning that bid.
1: Yes. uh, We had two uh, successive um, first runner-up rankings by the IOC, International Olympic Committee, the only city ever to do that, with two successive uh, uh, first runner-up rankings in 1959 and 1963, Detroit was first runner-up for uh, the candidate city for the Olympic Games bidding process for the games that occurred in uh, the, the following uh the following Olympiads that those bid processes pertain to. So we had a storied Olympic bid history. We just hadn't uh, actually won a bid as yet. And um, so because of that, we thought that if we um, would look at that as a template, we could look at rolling out some very exciting, fun, great games uh, in Detroit and the region for the benefit of the world and bring the world to the Motor City.
0: And it sounds like the 2027 Pan Am Games would be a good start. Yes. So that
1: was referenced back in 214. There were two other um, points that were also referenced. One was the introduction of a a state borough law, which we can talk about more in just a moment. And then another was the introduction of man-made lakes to beautify the vast vacant or blighted areas that has been done in the past in cities such as Paris or I should say uh, Berlin and also in Tokyo after World War II and even more recently uh, in suburban Detroit where six man-made lakes were put into the city of Troy after World War II, where there were vacant, blighted, abandoned gravel and sand pits. But later, uh, with digging down just a few more feet with the high water table close to the surface of the ground here in Michigan, we were able to create six beautiful lakes called the Emerald Lakes, surrounded by very nice homes once they put some uh, topsoil around the edges and beautify that part of the city of Troy, generating tens of millions of dollars in tax revenue. And uh, the former city manager of Troy thought that it would be even less expensive to build man-made lakes like that in the city of Detroit where the water table is closer to the surface of the ground than it is even in the city of Troy. So wow. in, in, in Berlin, uh, after World War II, along the waterfront areas, you'll see some just spectacular vistas as well as uh, Tokyo, and this is something that Detroit could do in a vast, on a vast scale, uh, relatively quickly, with all of the ample supply of fresh water that's available in the area, which also, by the way, is a beautiful way to um, enhance opportunities for recreation and uh, also a way to uh, help promote. Um, uh, a cleansing of, of some of the, uh, the the lead particles, actually, that may have um, uh, been produced as a result of some of the brownfield activities or industrial activities over the years. In some of the older uh, uh, parts of the city of Detroit, in cities in America, there are lead particles. There, there unfortunately, um, can be a health hazard and cause uh, harm to uh, developing... Um, uh, developing uh, uh, minds, uh, brains of, uh, of children, and, um, and uh, affect their, uh, their actual uh, behavior. Uh, and when we um, look at what the uh, Centers for Disease Control has reported, the CDC has said that when lead particles come in contact with the surface of the water, uh, the uh, lead is, uh, the, the particles often are removed. So that is a way to enhance the, uh, the safety and the health of the environment that may f- previously have been affected in a negative way by, by lead particles or lead poisoning.
0: Okay. So, okay, well, then let's move on to this, you know, some other points, obviously, because, you know, there, there's, this is a 10-point plan, and we want to get as much points as we can on this. Uh, so one of them was interesting that I found interesting was you want to move the city airport to... A new island. Yes. Well, what is that? I mean,
1: can you explain that a little bit? We know that in different parts of the world, more often, for example, in uh, the uh, Pacific Rim area, we do see that uh, man-made islands have become uh, more common. Uh, we would not be the first city to do this, but my suggestion would be, uh, like the city airport in London uh, next to the Thames River, uh, Detroit relocate its inland city airport that is presently landlocked to a brand new island that would be south of the Belle Isle bridge between Belle Isle, which is approximately 10 times the size of Central Park, that's about three miles long, Belle Isle is, uh, and the mainland. Uh, The new island would also be uh, large enough to accommodate jumbo jets for the first time, and who knows, maybe even SpaceX planes. So uh, we could construct a new island there,
0: uh, de- for our viewers who don't know what S- uh, SpaceX plays, could you explain that a bit?
1: Well, th- there's this new um, company out there called SpaceX that is doing privatization of space exploration as well as space travel for private tourists. And so this is what, what we think that we, we have some potential to be able to do and uh, and, and foster with this new, um, new island-based uh, uh, city airport uh, location for City Airport uh, for Detroit. In the former landlocked City Airport location that presently uh, has about eight flights that depart daily, what I would suggest is that we excavate that area, use the excavated material to move to create the island, and in its place, put one of the largest inland man-made urban lakes in America, with beautiful spectacular views of the changing and developing Detroit skyline. Now, if you want to get an idea as to how beautiful something like that can can be, just take a look at the lakefront skyline view of New Orleans uh, on Google Maps or Google Images, and you'll see how beautiful something like that can
0: look. Okay. Okay. This is wow. So you're really you're you know this whole thing is you know really a mobility and mobility. You're trying to motorize and really take bring up you know bring the motor city. You know, active again. Uh, One of the ways to get them active, I see here, you put a fitness and nutrition uh, piece to this.
1: Yes. Can you explain uh, that? Yes, and before we move on from the concept Mm -hmm. of an island, there's another famous island which happens to be off the coast of New York City, and off the coast of uh, Manhattan in in the Long Island area there, not too far from Liberty Island. Mm -hmm. Ellis Island? Ellis Island. (laughs) I would like to suggest that... We create a new Ellis Island type initiative that allows those uh, illegal aliens that may have crossed over as children into the United States as minors an opportunity to depart the legal borders of the United States into... Canadian waters, and circle back by cruise ship. Uh, perhaps the Bablo boat, rehabilitated, uh, carrying three thousand people at one time, might suffice uh, for rapid uh, re-entry, expedited re-entries where no processing or paperwork on Canadian um, on the Canadian side of the waterway is required in the Detroit River. With circling back to our convention center and where people can be processed, which is within walking distance of our various uh, side-by-side stadiums and uh, accommodations uh, in the region that can accommodate as many as 40,000 overnight hotel guests. My thought would be that we would process approximately uh, 500,000 uh, individuals uh, over a period of six months uh, sp- uh, during the, the seasonal weather, uh, and that we would look at partnering with cities like uh, Baltimore, or not Baltimore, I would say Buffalo, uh, Niagara Falls, possibly either Seattle or Toledo, uh, but by far the, the city having the greatest capacity and the closest geographic proximity with the shortest Uh, amount of time needed to cruise into Canadian waters and circle back, uh, re-entering under the authority, of course, only with the prior approval, of course, and the deputization probably of local and state law enforcement uh, and prior permission, of course, of Homeland Security. Uh, We probably have the capacity in Detroit to be uh, the new uh, Ellis Island Initiative model that could also assist in a special pilot, uh, perhaps uh, in expediting uh, the lawful uh, expedited uh, re-entries for those that are the, the ones that that were brought to the states or came to the states uh, without documentation as minors, starting with those and seeing if they can at least be vetted uh, by Homeland Security uh, through our, our, our services that way. And possibly even starting with, even with the Southern California uh, 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 undocumented. There's two to three million of them. If they're going to be uh, hosting the Olympics in 2028, why not uh, reach out to the, have the um, LA Olympic Organizing Committee, reach out to the Detroit, Detroit United Olympic Organizing Committee, which we've uh, decided to uh, also use as a venue to uh, encourage the uh, bid on uh, the Pan Am Games, a uh, commercially viable bid that could include a world motorsports uh, uh, twist to the Pan Am Games to uh, generate worldwide television revenue, uh, making it commercially viable for the Pan Am Games. Why don't we Why don't we work together with uh, with LA to see what we could do to, to expedite the uh, the uh, expedited uh, re re entries uh, for their three million uh, undocumented, so they can enjoy the the benefits, the full benefits of the exciting uh, preparations that are underway. Uh, in in preparation for the 2028 olympics and 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 uh, welcome them to
0: detroit uh, possibly for the 2027 Pan Am games okay well you know what before we need to take a quick break but before we do i just want to give you a little snapshot what we're going to be discussing after a break uh we're going to talk about some uh, the fitness and nutrition piece of this makeover uh the self-certified life plan requirement uh the enhanced protection for women, the strengthening of families, and other important issues regarding education, regarding forgiveness, regarding even a U.S. Senate or representative uh, prospects and uh, Michigan Attorney General prospects that, where the, the seat would be combined. We will discuss that more after the break. Do you love your lawyer? Jeffrey G. Knott & Associates, PLLC, uses the law to help businesses and individuals throughout the world. Visit JKnottLaw.com or call 248-220-1501. UnitedInstitute.org is pleased to offer a series of self-paced online courses and simulations that help professionals become effective, productive, and creative. Visit UnitedInstitute.org. And we are back. I am Sidhir i And with me here today is Jeffrey Nunn. And we're talking about his 10-point, 10-year plan. Jeffrey, so tell us, what what would you like to discuss the fitness and nutrition piece of your plan?
1: Yes, to make America uh, greater by making Michigan great again, we would encourage a great effort to encourage people to move and be active in f- terms of their personal fitness and also their nutritional intake. We want to encourage people to watch their to 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 uh, uh, to achieve their optimal physical vigor in order to be able to compete and succeed in the marketplace and to achieve their potential in life and in their chosen career in business and so that is a has got to be a, an integral part uh, on, a, on an individual as well as a as well as a as a um, community level and so what I would
0: suggest well I mean this is important because Michigan ranks according to one uh, one article here Michigan ranks 16th in obesity. You know,
1: there's this organization called, you've heard of it, Weight Watchers. Well, I like to joke around with people because, uh, and, and be about about uh, 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 the notion of a new type of organization. Maybe it could be called Weight Gainers, Weight Gainers International. I'm not talking about just gaining muscle mass. I'm talking about being a making it a gain for you, whatever your weight, your optimal weight would be to achieve that optimal weight. And that would help your overall health and wellness. So if you're slightly over your optimal weight, what you do is you would, for example, you could give, uh, you could join Weight Gainers International. It could be a, a membership that you would uh, contribute to our nonprofit 501c3 that sponsors the United uh, uh, Olympic Organizing Committee, the Detroit United Olympic Organizing Committee, through this uh, podcast-sponsored uh, podcast, which is unitedinstitute.org. You can contribute through the unitedinstitute.org podcast, make a gift, and give a a, a portion of your, uh, say even a dollar a day out of what you would spend on food, reduce that, and make it as a contribution to the unitedinstitute.org. And as time goes on, we will, as we see the funds grow, we would look at ways to contribute a portion, say 10% of what is received to alleviate world hunger for those that need to gain weight, who are undernourished in parts of the world, for example, where there is a lack of nutrition or malnutrition. And sometimes it's not even too far from where you or I may be at any given time. So um, we would, for those that are underweight, and give them helpful and encouragement and tips to also eat more fruits, eat more vegetables,
0: and get their proper fitness and their exercise. Hmm, wonderful, wonderful. Well, can you uh, walk me through and let me know what the self-certified life plan requirement for high school diploma? What well, is what is yes. what is that? I mean, all about yes. and why is that so important? Why did they make this top ten-point plan?
1: You know, someone from the state of Wisconsin government just informed me recently earlier this week. That this is a requirement actually of all graduating high school seniors in the state of Wisconsin. It was also added as a requirement recently in the city of Chicago as a condition, a precondition for a high school diploma that each graduate uh, or candidate for a diploma submit a life plan, even if it's just a few short lines, a few short three, four, five steps. A life plan has to be uh, put down in writing for each high school student nearing graduation or at least uh, a draft of the plan, perhaps as, as early as the 10th grade, and then a revision of that plan in the 11th grade and a finalization of the plan, perhaps even prior to the submission of the application form for the cap and gown. So that is a way for us to ensure that our young people who are graduating from high school can choose the proper track. Okay, are they going to first of all finish their, their diploma and, or, and complete their high school education? Are, secondly, are they going to choose, for example, a vocational path or are they going to be choosing a college and or university a type of uh, career? Hmm.
0: Okay. Well, that I mean, it makes sense, you know. You should always plan, plan ahead, and this uh, this helps them plan ahead even in high school. Um, what is this enhanced protection for women and child and men uh, survivors? Uh, what is what is this? This is made your seventh, the seventh that was the seventh point in your plan.
1: Too many. Uh, women are being murdered by domestic violence perpetrators every year in America specifically 80 in Michigan approximately every year 80 women are are killed Wow and what we b- know and believe even one is too many we need to do something to combat this horrific crime and this offense and of course sexual assault is also another, horrific crime that's occurring in exponential numbers that needs to be brought under control. But just talking about numbers in terms of domestic violence alone, my suggestion would be that we focus more on protecting the lives of our uh, women and, and, and children. There are also men who are victims of domestic violence from time to time. Uh, I saw one in this, uh, or uh, my, my colleague, shall I say, that uh, I used to work with that would serve in the Detroit uh, Police Department domestic violence unit on a weekly basis. Uh, one time uh, saw a man walked in with his hand bandaged up uh, in a big bandage in a sling, and uh, she asked what was, what was uh, the problem, what had happened, and well, the most dangerous place to be in the, in the, in the house when you are in conflict with a potential lethality situation is actually in the kitchen, and uh, he had his—he was leaning up uh, against the counter, and uh, uh, his 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 uh, significant other, uh, she grabbed the the meat meat cutter, and, and just uh, while he was leaning up uh, with his hands on the counter, just grabbed it and chopped the ends of his fingers off. Oop. So um, he was a victim one day, sure. uh, to be sure. And in any case, we, we we know far too many people are losing their lives. And what we have to do is we have to think outside the box. Now, can you imagine? There is one nonprofit uh, ab- abortion organization actually that receives a billion dollars a year in federal dollars that is more than all of the funding that is oh, given to serve, uh, to protect. Uh, victims of Crime Act domestic violence victims, as well as to serve Violence Against Women Act uh, victims uh, combined.
0: Wow, well, more than... Did you hear
1: what I'm saying? One abortion provider receives a billion dollars, which is more than all of the funding given to help protect the health and safety of victims of domestic domestic violence victims served by the Violence Against Women Act uh, programs as well as the Victims of Crime Act programs through the Department of Justice.
0: Wow, wow. That's...
1: And also, I think if you added it, you could almost throw in the entire budget of the National Legal Services Cor- Corporation, which is uh, restricted uh, from and barred from handling abortion cases, by the way. They, you throw all those in, and they do handle a good number of domestic violence cases, but never have enough funds to handle them. My suggestion is to retrain, over a period of a certain number of months, retrain those staff that are funded to uh, provide services through Planned Parenthood to become victim advocates. Uh, to serve and, and protect, potentially to provide, reallocate the funds, correct to provide the emergency uh, legal advocacy needed to protect the health and the safety of survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault through reallocating the funds as needed for training purposes and re- reassignment of staff to of the, their staff to these Violence Against Women Act programs. Victims of Crime Act programs, which are mostly uh, domestic violence shelters, as well as uh, prosecutors' offices and so forth, as well as uh, a couple of legal aid programs uh, in the nation, including one in uh, Detroit, which is probably, was the fir- the fifth probably legal aid-based Victims of Crime Act program in the United States to be uh, funded. Uh, in a uh, legal aid uh, office which we we created, which is now housed, if you can believe it, in an office of the Detroit Police Department, Uh, the uh, other uh, recipient that could be very helpful in protecting the health and safety of women would be the federally qualified health clinics serving women who are uh, survivors of breast cancer, uh, life-challenging illness in that sense. So what we want to do is do more to protect ex- protect the lives of, of the most vulnerable women, uh, who are unfortunately is experiencing far too many deaths through domestic violence uh, perpetrators right now in America. We need to stop these horrific crimes and reduce the number of deaths in Michigan. This I think would reduce the number of uh, domestic violence deaths of women. Uh, from 80 to 40, we'd like to bring it down, obviously, to zero, but possibly even down to 10. With this type of reallocation of funding uh, and possibly doubling the size of the number of dollars and staffing uh, set aside to assist victims of domestic violence and sexual assault in Michigan.
0: You know what, and this sounds like something that both, uh, both parties, both, uh, both political spectrums could get behind.
1: Now, I would like to also
0: suggest before before we suge- before yes. we get into another topic, I would like to take another break. We'll be right back and we'll discuss a few more topics in the 10 point 10 year plan. Do you love your lawyer? Jeffrey G. Nutt and Associates PLLC uses the law to help businesses and individuals throughout the world. Visit JNotlaw.com or call 248-220-1501. UnitedInstitute.org is pleased to offer a series of self-paced online courses and simulations that help professionals become effective, productive, and creative. Visit UnitedInstitute.org. We are back with Jeffrey Nutt for the 10-point, 10-year plan to make America greater, make Michigan great again. It's wonderful to be here with you today, Sudhir, and with all of our audience. Thank you so much for having us well Jeffrey let's go to one of the most important topics that you, you you put this as number three in your plan it is the state bureau law can you explain or and elaborate more about that yes that's borough as in b-o-r-o-u-g-h
1: similar to the New York State borough law and the law in four other US states that have boroughs in New York some counties are also known as boroughs, therefore you have Manhattan, the, the, the city of New York has Manhattan as a borough, Staten Island, Queens, Bronx, and Brooklyn. As one uh, borough or part of the city population may change or shift or relocate to another region of the metropolitan area, the other absorbs the often the population that's moving around with the affluent mobile population that we have in Metro Detroit the very same trend has occurred Uh, so like in uh, Manhattan they had 500,000 people relocate and move from Manhattan so they went from 2.2 million down to 1.8 million people Detroit went from 1.8 million down to about 700,000, and instead of everyone hearing about how Manhattan lost 500,000 in its population, what have we heard? Metro New York City has continued to grow year after year after year. It's a wonderful way to make the metro area great. It's the How does it law.
0: exactly make it great, though? Is there any incentives of doing this?
1: Well, it shows that the area continues to grow while the population may fluctuate in one city or one county.
0: So it's a branding. Uh,
1: it's a bit of a... Uh, yes, it's a way to show growth despite... Uh, changes and fluctuations or reductions in one part of the region there's overall continued growth and that's what would show if we were to connect for example the major counties in Metro Detroit that are linked by the City of Detroit Water Department there's the free movement of water and capital across county lines serving 4 million people daily the City of Detroit provides the nutrition and the hydration for four million people daily. It's amazing. And the city of Detroit has land easements crossing over into Oakland County, Macomb County, as well as uh, other counties like uh, St. Clair and Genesee counties. And therefore, we have a wonderful opportunity to do something a little bit like the metropolis of new york city and have a borough city of detroit for the very first time with the new state borough law but not only detroit let's do it with grand rapids let's have the first uh, borough city of grand rapids we might as well call it an all-american borough metropolis or all-american uh borough city of grand rapids which with Kent county would have a population if you add it together uh, with the neighboring county or counties in the grand watershed area. The watershed itself has well over a million people. The 67th fastest growing metropolitan area on earth. Why not have two new municipal uh, designations known as metropolises, all American metropolises, through a beautiful new state borough law here in Michigan and move on, move past the focus the hyper focus on one municipality instead creating a multitude of uh, a multifaceted municipality known as uh, a borough municipal, borough based municipality, aka All American Borough City or All American Borough Metropoli, Detroit and Grand Rapids. It's a great way to look forward for spotlighting the great growth and, and the mobility and the, the sharing of of resources and talent that daily crosses and capital that goes uh, through the uh, shared resources and and crosses from one county to another, both West Michigan and East Michigan. It's a great dynamic. We've got to go in that direction. That's that's point three in my list of 10, the 10 point plan over
0: 10 years. Okay, well, let's. You know what? That uh, that's, that's that's a different take on. Not many people are, uh, have. We haven't heard about this. Uh, you know, this is kind of a unique. You know, uh, obviously, it's it, it's been used uh, in New York, like uh, Jeffrey has said. But this is kind of unique, uh, and it's a new way of thinking, which is you know sometimes we need new ways. To think about it, things, it, it, and the this other, is what's so it, interesting about it. The other
1: it. thing I I didn't mention was, of course, there are federal set aside dollars that are set aside for the first time in twenty oh, years. Also,
0: this could be an uh, event. This could actually make get us some more federal funds. Well, tens of millions of dollars every year will be wow. set
1: aside for each of these two municipalities of uh, new m- municipalities of a million or more people that are set aside. Uh, just in the transit area alone. The appropriations and uh, and apportionment funds that are set aside through the formulas that are set up in federal uh, D- Department of Transportation uh, statutes every year uh, to uh, help ameliorate or remediate the harms caused by congestion in major cities. Since uh, 1990, Detroit's population dropped below a million, and after that uh, census, the uh, s- state of Michigan has been a donor straight- state, to, a donor state to all of those uh, cities of a million or more in the United States, to all of those other states. Let's stop the, 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 the constant donor state uh, uh, contributions. and let's reverse that and once again establish ourselves as a beneficiary of the set-aside funds for the municipalities of a million or more with a creative, new, smart borough law that is based on, I would suggest, uh, on the eastern side of the state, the City of Detroit Water Department serving 4 million people daily, and the Grand Watershed area in uh, western uh, Michigan uh, serving the Grand Rapids area daily.
0: Wow, wow. Okay, I know this is definitely interesting. And let's, let's jump on to the next point on your list. Oh, uh, another point on your list. Uh, I want to say uh, the strengthen the families initiative. Uh, the stigmatization of crime. How you put that as you joined that together in one one of these points. How, how you explain that?
1: Yes, in a prior segment of our podcast, we did talk about the need to protect, better protect the lives of women, women children, children, and, children and, even men. And, me- and even even men who are. Uh, survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault the need is so paramount with 80 women alone every year unfortunately losing their lives due to domestic violence perpetrators every single year that we must do something about this catastrophe and do it with uh, with the utmost sense of urgency in fact We've got to protect families better by enhancing the uh, capacity for these survivors uh, with with self-defense, even if it means exercising their Second Amendment right to bear arms and training, offering somehow uh, complementary training to uh, weapons training uh, to uh, those. Uh, uh, who filed protection order petitions in court in contested personal protection order petitions where, especially where the petitioner is unrepresented. We need to streamline the process for tr- uh, offering training to, to the unrepresented uh, protection order petitioners. Uh, in one county alone, there are 10,000 a year in Michigan that are going into these contested protection order pr- proceedings unrepresented up against their perpetrator in court and it sometimes is boiling down to her word against his word and in the meantime uh, too many are losing their lives sometimes before they even get to court and um, even uh, despite well, this is very
0: order. interesting because right now uh, as, as if uh, today today's uh, as the recording of this uh, podcast The number one trending issue on Twitter is gun reform now. Hashtag gun reform now. Uh, You know because of the terrible tragedy that uh, the school shooting.
1: What a horrific! Thank you for mentioning that. We are we are uh, just heartbroken over the tragic loss of of the lives of seventeen young people at the high school there in Parkland, Florida, in Broward County, South Florida, that tragically resulted from this incident of another school shooting, of which we understand the White House has said that is connected to a mental health issue on the part of the perpetrator, who was a uh, former student at the school who was expelled. We suspect, uh, We uh, I suspect at the uh, uh, organization here, uh, unitedinstitute.org, as well as our um, uh, team at Jeffrey G. Nutt & Associates, uh, the, which has significant experience in, a, uh, in, in, the, in the area of education law, and uh, including special education law, uh, that uh, there was a problem with this child having access to a free and appropriate education in, in the special ed area. He probably, I'm speculating, I admit, but he probably was not fully uh, served under the Individuals with Disabilities and Education Act when discipline problems arose. And the state put provision of the Individuals with Disabilities and Education Act would apply that he would uh, be entitled to probably to keep him in school pending the outcome of a new special ed. Uh, IEP, Individual Educational Plan uh, Committee uh, to be convened uh, if the discipline that he was uh, being subjected to was, or the, the uh, behavior issues or, or or problems that he was presenting were somehow cre- connected to or related to a mental health or a uh, special ed need then the discipline actually should have stopped and he should have been assessed and presented with an alternative or updated individualized uh, plan, if not referred to or transferred to an alternative school, if necessary at the least. But to simply expel the young man, uh, unfortunately, uh, increased the risk of, of, of the lethality factors uh, for this very uh, sad and tragic uh, Absolutely. scenario. Absolutely. And
0: this is what you're saying here, of course, you know, when you're saying, uh, uh, you know, providing, uh, you know, women enhanced, for enhanced, uh, for strengthening of the family, uh, providing, you know, uh, these, uh, some of these women with uh, gun safety classes and, you know, even, you know, uh, gun gun classes to better train them. This is completely different than, you know, you separate proper use of, you know, firearms Versus that of where in the hands of, you know, the mentally ill or the... Correct.
1: Only those that follow the proper uh, rules involving uh, the use of the firearms and the laws uh, that are on the books. Uh, unfortunately, um, not enough victims are fully trained and actually armed to be able to protect themselves. I do believe they should be armed to protect themselves after they've received proper training. And uh, that does uh, probably um, raise some questions in the minds of some people, but we cannot afford to keep having year after year, 80 women murdered every year in just one US state because of this problem of domestic violence. And we haven't even begun to talk today about the issue of sexual assault which is also a major problem. But the uh, other way that I wanted to address the this point about criminal strengthening justice... Strengthening
0: families and... Strengthening
1: the, families is but the... the is stigma is of is this need, crime... Is the need, the other way to strengthen families through the criminal justice system is to get real with respect to what it means to be incarcerated in what America. What does it mean to be
0: incarcerated in America? It
1: means to be locked up, and and in that sense convicted, and in that sense fit into an exception, literally, to the rule that is in the 13th Amendment against slavery. I will tell you there has been a debate about whether the levels of incarceration and types of incarceration uh, in the United States uh, have uh, represented an altered state of slavery.
0: Some would say it's not altered for our it's, viewers. Uh, for our viewers, the Thirteenth Amendment uh, prohibits slavery. But what Jeffrey's saying here is he's saying there's exceptions within the Thirteenth Amendment. There, am I correct? Am, I, am is, I understanding you correctly?
1: There is an exception that Congress actually carved out in the amendment to prohibit. Slavery, there's an exception, it's permitted uh, uh, for those who are duly convicted. Now, no one is advocating slavery for the duly convicted, but let's get real, it's a reality. There is a saying, you are the slave of the one whom you choose to obey. If you violate the laws of the land, crime doesn't usually pay, and you eventually will get caught, and you will become a slave to the persons who are your immediate uh, overseers in the criminal justice system. I would not call it the Department of Corrections anymore. What would you call that? I would call it the Department of the Duly Convicted. Let's let these gangster rap artists get real and understand that there is no... There's no glamour involved in getting locked up. There's no rite of passage to going into jail as a youth. That is a stigma that should be avoided at all costs and is the equivalent of sentencing a young person to slavery. When you don't know if you're gonna be stabbed or raped on any given day, that is a type of slavery. And, and and unfortunately there are those in the inside the system who un, uh, unfortunately uh, may be hearing this for the very first time and feel so hurt and offended that they have been misled to be placed in that state of slavery in their incarcerated state that they might act out and become even more upset and emotional and my by, my ex- expectation for all of them, my hope, is that they will hear that the story does not end with their incarceration. The story, the story it actually it actually begins with their forgiving anyone who has offended them, even their worst enemy, that may have affected their lives and contributed to their being
0: where they are. Which is actually part of your ninth point, which speaks about forgiveness, speaks to aspire to be twice as good, and of course, as education, as uh, armor.
1: There, there, yes, there is uh, obviously a great political divide, a racial divide, a racial bias, and, uh, prejudice is rampant in many uh, parts of America, and we do know that there's a need for us to look to some of those among us who've survived even such horrific uh, crimes as the Holocaust and other uh, types of of inhumanity to man. And we can learn from people like the founder of the Terre Haute, Indiana Holocaust Museum, who one day was confronted with the need to actually forgive her her security guard at the concentration camp that was uh, uh that was responsible for detaining her and and to- and and treating her in such an inhumane way and killing her family as they did and she knew one day approximately 50 years after the incidents of the uh of the the Nazi Holocaust era that she would be confronted by a man who felt like he would have had a change in, in, in his heart and he wanted to ask her to forgive him and the question was would she have within her heart the capacity to forgive him and she concluded that if she did not forgive this man she would never be totally liberated from the emotional Baggage that was part of that experience and that horror of having survived uh, uh, the an internment uh, and and survived the Holocaust and even uh, 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 despite the fact that her worst enemy this man was a perpetrator in the in the horrific crime that resulted in the deaths of her family members. She decided that she would forgive him. It was the only way to be liberated, and it's the same approach that people who are incarcerated today need to take. People who are of different races, who may have been offended in previous years, need to take, or different religions, or different... It could be even different genders, or different uh, ages. Those who've been mistreated by others. We have to learn to forgive even our worst enemies. We cannot harbor grudges forever because they will make us either bitter or better. We need to let them make us better by forgiving whomever it was that offended them. Even if they put on the front of your uh, a sidewalk in front of your house, if you can imagine this, a swastika with, with uh, the N-word and white power. After you invite your relatives from Latin America to come and learn English in your home one year. The next summer you find that graffiti on your sidewalk, which happened actually to our family back in 2008. We posted it on the web. We had the Anti-Defamation League take some pictures and the police actually took a report. And yet, a few years later, we took that off the web because we have to live to learn to to forgive and forget. We have to move on. We cannot be slaves of the past. We've got to move on. That's true
0: liberation. So move forward. We've got to move forward. Gotcha. Um, this also probably, in, uh, in, uh, you know, as one of the points here is aspire to be twice as good. Uh, and uh, here in your uh, piece, and you, you could find, by the way, Jeffrey Nutt's piece at dot blog.html. Uh, unitedinstitute.org/slash/blog.html, and you can read the full piece. But um, you know, one of the issues is you. Uh, one of the, one of the things you talked about is fire to be twice as good.
1: Oh yes. Well, you know, if you are, at risk of being mistreated due to bias of any kind or discrimination or prejudice, you need to understand that education is your armor against prejudice. That's one of the reasons why we created uniteduniversity.org
0: And uh, you know I just want to you know that's a, it's a very good point that you made. Uh, yes, unitedinstitute.org uh has and you know united.org uh, has many many uh, courses, certificate courses ranging from certificate in cybersecurity cert- certificate in data analytics, certificate in nonprofit management, certificate in business communications in finance, in entrepreneurship, in sustainable management, global business, human resource management, leadership, innovation and critical thinking. I mean so many certificates and these certificates that are my understanding they're created by real scholars I mean aren't they? Yes
1: there are some graduates from Harvard and MIT that helped develop a number of these courses with our our, uh, academic partner Uh, and so we're very grateful that uh, many of these courses are offered at uh, self-paced, uh, affordable rates, um, and we are very happy with with what's offered. Um, and
0: these r- are just fluff courses, right? They're, these are courses, you know, that have some meat to them, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely, and you know, they're comparable to what you might find in
1: uh, probably about forty other uh, accredited colleges and universities around the country. And they're also available at uniteduniversity.org. So at unitedinstitute.org or uniteduniversity.org, one day we hope, perhaps, uh, when a, a, a student graduating, uh, nearing high school graduation, uh, is a little bit um, uh, more inclined, perhaps to go into the vocational area, um, they may not necessarily uh, want to go to college or go into university. They might just say, well, I plan to go to United Institute, and there will be some links there to direct them into very excellent vocational and skilled trades uh, programs as well. So they will be able to say that. Whereas other students will be able to say, "Well, I'd like to enroll in United University." For those who are taking the college or the university track. So right now we have a we're very happy to have a really nice a uh, group shot with an album uh, attached, links to the album of the Fulbright. Uh, visiting Fulbright fellows and scholars from uh, more than 20 nations that came together in the recent past in Ann Arbor, Michigan from uh, the Northwest Ohio uh, area and all of Michigan for our welcome reception for the 2017 to 2018 class of visiting Fulbrighters, uh, pictured right there on the homepage. Also before
0: you go Jeffrey, if you could explain to me the tenth point. This is where you mentioned to have one elected person, correct me if I'm wrong, act as both a member of Congress and a Michigan Attorney General. And the way you argue it is in a way to remove state and federal legal barriers.
1: Yes, we have to move forward and get to the next level. We can't go back to where we were 60 years ago when we were the Silicon Valley of America. We have to move forward and fast. We don't have time. We're looking at trying to bid on the 2027 Pan Am Games and all of that. We're bringing a brand new world motorsports game uh, uh, effort here as well. And we're looking at a new state borough law, U.S. census law that would dovetail with the new state borough law, creating two new million person metropoli, Detroit. And as, as and Jerry mentioning,
0: US federal, uh, U.S. federal law will be involved in regards to the census yes. laws, which is, and then. You know, so you're almost combining both federal and state law here, and uh, you're trying to have them work. You know, Together. in harmony. Right.
1: Yes, in harmony, and we can't have a, a, a political leader saying. Okay, I've done my part, but it's the state's responsibility. I've done my part in Washington, but Lansing has to get its act together, or have the elected official in Lansing say, "Well, we've done our part here in the state, and the feds in Washington—it's their responsibility to do that." Plus, no, we need to. So you're getting
0: through the paperwork and through the you know the legal mumbo jumbo and just yes, kind of getting directly to the- exactly.
1: It's like in in the state of Virginia. A person a single individual can run for both senator and governor at the same time and there is a legal opinion That would allow a person in the state of Michigan to run for two different offices simultaneously on the same ballot Uh, I don't have time to go into the details But as long as they're not uh, in conflict the uh, positions in conflict with each other and they are from two different tax limitations there's no reason why it cannot be done. It's conceivable that it's permissible under the Constitution of the state of Michigan and federal law as well.
0: And And the plus side, of course, will cut down a number of politicians, huh? (laughs) Well, it definitely will
1: save time and expense. And it's a smart thing to do. It's time to move forward. We don't have time to waste. We've taken way too long to get a few simple things done, just simply looking at the borough law, looking at the census law, looking at uh, all of the appropriations and getting our fair share of the set asides for, for, for municipalities of a million or more based on the borough law changes that would happen, whatever we would do with regard to other things that we've articulated in this 10-point plan, we can do it in five to seven years. We say a 10-year plan, a 10-point plan. We're a little bit generous there because it may not always go as fast as we would like. But it's legal. We know that Virginia has already explicitly said they can do something like this. Michigan could actually be the first to do it.
0: Okay, wonderful. Well, if you want to read the rest of this, as I already mentioned, you could find it at unitedinstitute.org or uniteduniversity.org. Um, and you know the the click on the blog section, and you, you can read the entire article, and you could even read uh, you know portions of the uh, of the the. the former article, the op-ed that was published in the Detroit News in uh, 2014 as well. So uh, thank you so much for joining us, Jeffrey. You're welcome, Sudhir. It's great to be here. And tune in again for another episode of United UnitedInstitute.org World Podcast. See you next time.